Boom, 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 boom. I'm so glad you found all that stuff so that we don't get dinged for that song anymore because Space Ducks is the best. It is. Epic it really Space is. Ducks. It's hard to go back now, right? It, it is. I mean, you can't. How are you going to do anything else for that? How are you going to do anything? What's happening, guys? It's time for Indie Invasion Shorts. What's up, Tim and Ron, our first visitors for the evening? Hey, Hi, Eric. How you doing? Good, good. I'm giving them a ding for being first. Oh, look at there. Look at there. You got a ding. So I feel like the first thing that I need to point out is that, uh, what's the temperature there, Eric? Uh, 21 with some 21. So if you guys haven't noticed our little reminder on Facebook, I specifically picked <laughs> a background that looked like snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a balmy 76 here today. Yeah, I saw you got your slaps on. Well, I mean, even when it's cold, I still have my flip flops on. I live, I live in the south, man. It's what we do. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, oh, okay, okay. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. Ron was hooking me up with a guide for my, uh, um, for my proxon, which is right there. Oh, okay, okay, right cool. I actually still have. Um, I think I've got two still that are going into the raffle. Uh, I'll just put one in the raffle this year for the con, but uh, but that's that's what I'm going to do. There's Alder Antonio. Hello. Okay. Oh my gosh. If you guys have not gone over to the Discord, um, I pulled a picture off of Facebook that Tonio posted of one of his paintings. And if you have not gone over in the Discord channel to look at it, you need to go look at it because it's awesome. Like. He told me not to do this, but I went and burned all my paintbrushes today. It's so awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't really. I paid too much for my paintbrushes, so I did. I didn't burn them, but I did look at them and I chastised them for not making me paint better. <laughs> You're getting a timeout. <laughs> That's right. And Alder, because we were talking about the temperatures, I've determined that you are going to make me remember how to do the calculation because I don't bother to, but. Um, it's minus six Celsius where Eric is. So nobody wants to be there. That's too cold. I mean, I know it's bad, but that makes it sound really bad. <laughs> I know. That's what I like about it. It makes it sound even worse. So what are you working on there, Eric? So I've been doing pretty good with my New Year's resolution of working on half-painted models. Uh, it only took me three weeks to start doing it, but the other day I busted back into Marvel Crisis Protocol, oh. and I was working on Beast, and I was working on Captain Carter. So Nice. Having a lot of fun painting her. <laughs> Tonio said they had minus 25 last week. He'd be happy with minus six. Yeah, you're even farther north. He's so farther north than me. I'm where good. They probably I'm have good to shovel that. every day. Yeah, yeah. So I know the real thing you've been working on, particularly today, uh, Eric, is Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, shall I? Uh, I don't know if I have the window open still on my computer. Eric, uh, Eric's, Eric's burning money to keep warm up there. That's what he's doing. <laughs> let me see. Let me see. So what Kickstarters are you messing with right now? So this was another one of my resolutions, kind of, wasn't it? This was an asterisk, though. It was, <laughs> this I was, was going to spend less on Kickstarter after Simon's Marvel Zombies. Right. And, um, well, it ended tonight, actually. I was watching the last 
10 minutes or so before I came downstairs to uh, get us on. And yeah, I did pretty good. I yeah. picked my one pledge on day one and I left it there. Um, they unlocked a lot of stuff and add-ons. And I'm, you know what? I'm like, you know, I got what I wanted. I wanted that big Galactus. Sure. Now, pledge manager. Well, there's some <laughs> pretty neat zombies in there. Like, uh, I don't know, zombie She-Hulk. And, and then you got your <laughs> He-Man one. one. I finished that one today. Now, yeah. that was last year. So this was just a pledge manager. I had to. And then Thunder Road. Too. And I've been good. watching, dude. I've been watching playthroughs of that. Oh my god, it looks so fun! Oh, so no. fun. All right, we're done talking about Thunder Road. Then I don't want to talk about Thunder Road anymore. <laughs> done. You know, you I've been working on um since I am currently one hundred percent out of Twisted miniatures. Uh, I have an order coming that has. Well, I thought it was the last ones, and then I placed my order and. I was like, yes, these are the last ones. And when they get here, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish painting them, and that will be every single modded model from Demented Games painted. Okay. Right. And then I I went, Oh, I forgot to put one in there. And it's coming all the way from Australia. And I'm like, I'm not paying that shipping again. I'll just wait till Alan gets one in the store over here. So so I'll still be short one one model, the scarab mummy. The one. Oh, okay. Model. Yeah. Uh, they're getting you, man. You missed the twisted bell again. That's because I was looking I... at Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I know I that's, to... the, that's the way I get Eric involved fully in Twisted. I'll just we'll get him to do another Kickstarter. I, I wanted to I wanted to find what the final money amount uh of this sucker was. So oh yeah. I went and opened up the window. Here, I'll show you guys real quick. Okay. So here's the window. Okay. Are you, uh, uh, look at that. How can you not want that? Big I Galactus is pretty cool. Okay, here is. And that's final. a lot of money. And it went up 32000 in like the last couple minutes. It was nuts. Wow. I mean, they unlocked like four things, I think, in the last that's half crazy. hour. That's crazy. I didn't go in on that one at all. There's some neat stuff. Yeah, there is some awesome looking models, and you probably use some of them in Crisis Protocol. But I just heck yeah. But you know, you're all zombies and and comics, so that was your thing, man. That was you couldn't yeah. miss that one. Okay, you doesn't want to load, so I'm gonna just stop. Yeah, it. I so mean, I was... unlocked like Giant Man and Nightcrawler, and you know, just nice. these fan favorites uh, right at the end. So, well, I have been doing a little bit of painting and I have actually been still using my new brushes and I've been enjoying them and I've been experimenting with some painting techniques and stuff. Okay. Um, but I got uh, my infamy miniatures from Shay, one of the guys who follows us on Facebook. Uh, he had some for sale. So I picked them up from him. The infamy miniatures from the game, the big smoke, which we talked about that a couple weeks ago, I think, which no longer really exists, mm -hmm. but I wanted these minis because it looks like they were sculpted for twisted. It, it completely don't miss the bell again. They're going to get on you. They will look like they were sculpted for the game. Right. In fact, Sebastian, Sebastian Archer, uh, one of the creators of Twisted. Oh, I had my hand out of Oh, look at you. you. So one of the creators actually sculpted a model for the infamy Big Smoke game. So 
So I got my hands on a bunch of them. And I started working on those. That's what I've been working on this week. Okay. And okay. terrain, which is actually what we're going to talk about. Yes. That's, so let's so jump let's into jump it into uh, before we babble for 17 minutes like last week. Um, so tonight, guys, we're going to talk about terrain. And we're kind of focusing it on static or modular. So this kind of terrain, we want to specifically talk about those two things and why or what you would use these for, what are the benefits of one or the other. And I thought kind of to start off is we'll just define them. Uh, static terrain. What is it? Yeah. So static terrain. Oh, hey, what's happening, Adam? Um, and Ron already commenting, which is good. He likes both. So static terrain is basically going to be what you typically would associate with train guys, guys okay. that are building train sets. And I remember my very first experience with it was my grandfather uh, lived in Massachusetts. And in his basement, I remember walking into his basement the first time I went into that particular house and was, you know, old enough was to know like what the whole basement. It was like the whole cool. corner of the basement. I mean, like my basement down here is pretty big and it was probably about this size and it basically took up two full walls. Wow. It had a little spot where you went underneath in the corner because it was a big mountain in the corner. So you could get back there and you could work on everything. And he, of course he, he owned a contracting company too. So, you know, he had everything in he So there's all kinds of lights and electrical and everything back there. But using that in our miniature games versus modular terrain. Okay. So that's kind of what the static terrain is, is it's, it is what it is. Now, when I think of static terrain, I think of like uh, when you go to cons and you see the smaller demo board, something right. that's set in stone basically. Right. Right. Okay. And then modular. Modular, I, yeah, exactly what it's sounds like. And it's it's where a lot of the MDF stuff really comes in handy, the MDF buildings. Um, depending on which ones you like, some of them mm -hmm. take like Black Sight Studios. I love their stuff, uh, and it has a floor in it. The new War Cradle stuff doesn't have a floor in it. Um, and then you have the... Yeah, foreground stuff has floors in it. And then 3D Design, which if you guys haven't checked them out, we'll throw a link up. I know I've uh, uh, put a link up somewhere. I shared something recently about some of his terrain, but he's new in, newer into the pre-painted terrain. And we had some of his stuff at Siege, and it was... I mean, when I'm thinking about... Uh, you know, Black Sight Studios and Foreground being really top tier, his stuff mm. was right there with it, right there with it. So if you're into anything that's true 28 millimeter, that's all he's doing right now is just true 28 millimeter. So your 32 mil guys are going to look really funky, especially yeah. your Wild West Exodus guys on that big old plinth base. Nothing. So they just eat good. Yeah, here's a good one. Fat, Fat Dragon Games. Uh, yeah. Todd likes them, and he also liked uh, Dwarven Forge. I like, I like Dwarven Forge. Forge. I don't like the price tag on Dwarven Forge. Yeah. But, but, it, but it's nice, nice-looking stuff. Todd, yeah. well, Todd, you'll get both of us on this one, too. Burn-In Designs does have really good stuff. I have... You know, that's right down... I, that's right yeah, in the county for me, man. I know, and he, he has some really good stuff, too. Not a really huge line of stuff, but he's got some cool things. In fact, he's got a prison setup that is really for zombie games, but I have twisted purposes in mind for it. So 
There you go. Come got on, it. give him a got hand, it. everybody. Give him a hand. He got it. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the pros and the cons because so I've always been a modular terrain guy. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, you know, I, I'll build single pieces and put them all over the place. But av- over the past year, I've been playing the majority of my games on two by two boards. And I've noticed that I've slowly been moving towards static where I'm just, I'm gluing everything down and I'm sticking it down so that I can't move it around. Yeah. And like um, we mentioned, uh, kind of for demo boards, right. Or for the smaller games, right. um, you know, you want it to be ready to go. You know, you don't have yeah. to worry about setting stuff up and all that. You just throw it down, throw your minis yeah. down and let's roll some dice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is one of the things. So let's walk walk us through it, Eric. Hold our hands and take us on the journey through static and modular terrain, would you? <laughs> okay, so let's let's keep going with static. So, like we mentioned, uh, you know, the, one of the pros is that it's it's predetermined. You know, you don't. Yeah. It's a time saving uh, having it all pre laid out. Um, I think just for purposes of going to game stores or other yeah. places to play it um transport may be a little tough that's probably kind of a con on it because it's not like you can just throw yeah. it in a tub and go well it but... kind of depends on how you build it too you know i yeah. mean if you're building for elevation i think war cradle did it best so they took their two by two demo boards and basically there's a box with a handle that goes over the top of it yeah, yeah. locks down to right. the bottom. So everything's glued down, but it but it's high. So I think one, one of the other pros for me is the things that you can do. So I'm going to switch my camera real quick. Okay. So this is one of the static boards I'm working on. And so right here, so this is like an air, one of my steampunk airships here. And so I've got this um, boarding staircase here. And I... I don't know how I would realistically do that on a modular board because this piece is foam. So it'd be super light. It'd yeah. get knocked over all the time. I'm not going to put my big mini on there and you know, the whole thing is wobbling, but the way it is now it's secured. You know, I coated in PVA glue, it's rock hard. And then it's just, it's, you know, it's good to go. It's, it's as it is. And it's, there it is. Antonio makes a really good point there too. He says the static lets you go all out on the look. And that's the other thing I like too, because so one of the things I've always done on my static boards, and you'll probably remember this, Eric, is I, I have handfuls of small rocks, very, yeah. very small rocks. They float. Some of you will get that. Um, <laughs> and I'll put them along the edges of the buildings. And what it does is it, it breaks the hard line between the building and the mat so if you're doing organic in a way right so if you're doing modular stuff i highly recommend that just that whatever kind of little tiny decorative rocks and you just sprinkle them along the hard edges and it, it just softens it all and makes it flow together better but where you have to do that with the rocks on the modular stuff with the static stuff it's like tony was saying you can do weeds growing up in between cracks yeah, that's I'm thinking weeds. I mean, I yeah. go to Hobby Lobby and you go in the model train section. They yeah. have different kinds of vegetation you can get, whether you want cornfields or if you want cattail, yeah. cattails, um, flowers. I've seen flowers yeah. where you can actually plant flowers along, you know, like in some guy's little garden. Yeah. Rows of corn. Um, I, and I think, so I think I what got me to 
move a little bit towards the more static in the in my thinking. I still love modular. I mean, I have shelves and shelves of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, what made me kind of go there is my buddy Raul and I were playing Bushido. And Bushido mm -hmm. is on a two-by-two two board. I mean, it's made to be played two-by-two. Two. I was like, man, you could just really do so much because that that whole Japanese theme, theme, you know, having little sand gardens and building little tiny bonsai trees that would just get lost or thrown away or kicked over or dropped off the table if they were if they were mobile, if they weren't glued down to the table. So all kinds of cool stuff like that that you can do. You can do puddles. You know, you get this piece over here. You can just dig a little hole in the foam and you could make a puddle. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And I, I, it's it's kind of like if you want that, I want to say that model realism. I keep yes. thinking of your model, you know, the the model ter, uh, terrain. Yeah, the model train guy. Train terrain, yep. uh, where they go for that realism of uh, they'll do the weeds and, you yep. know, you see the lights along. Maybe they have a little town set up in there with lights and all that and. Yeah, that, that's what I think of when I think of yeah. the the static terrain is the actual model building. Yeah, Todd saying he started on HO train layout playing same board every time. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, I like I said, I think what pushed me to the static is since I'm playing pretty much everything on a two by two board. Um, I don't. It doesn't have to be huge. Now look. My youngest is eight and I already have plans for when he moves out of what's happening down here. <laughs> and that thing that I remember from my grandfather's basement, it's going to be twisted. All every wall is just going to be twisted. Oh, man. We're going to have every part of the world that you can imagine. You're going to have to crawl under the table and pop up somewhere in the middle. Oh, heck no, man. I'm going to have, I'm going to have one piece of it that's hinged and you just lift it up. Just like, just like at a bar, you know, where you go behind the bar, just like that. I'm, I'm not even playing around. And Ron says water features best ad for static boards. Could yeah. not agree more. That's such a hard thing to do on a modular board because uh, roads too and rivers, because what you end up with is your board and then your river or your road on top of it. Yeah. Instead of, you know, level with the ground, like you would expect your pond or your river or whatever to be. And for me, because I'm all about the immersive experience, that drives me nuts. That's why I don't have very many rivers on my boards, because that makes me crazy. Yeah, you'd have to start with like layers of the foam and carve out yep. and then pour that uh, the river and water features yep. stuff they have at, you know, I, I've always seen that at the Hobby Lobby. And it's like, man, I want to try that one of these days. Well, and really the best guy, in my opinion, the best guys to go to. Now, there are some amazing terrain builders out there. Don't get me wrong. Jim, the tabletop engineer is one of them. They're amazing terrain builders. But mm -hmm. as far as when, when I'm doing static stuff, I don't go to their YouTube channels. I go to train guys. Th yeah. Those are the guys whose YouTube channels I go to because when it's about building a diorama, which Todd threw that in there, more of a diorama that you play on when that's what you're doing with your static board. They're the guys to go to because they're the ones they're the ones that always do it. Um, yeah, I it, think the only thing that I leave loose on a static board is scatter like boxes. Yeah, the small like stuff, yeah. stuff that is like everyday life 
type of stuff that yeah. may move around, uh, like livestock. I like using livestock on my boards. Yes. Yes, I do too. I have lots of livestock. So Mike said <laughs> battlefield in a box. Yes. They have some good stuff too. Um, the, the stuff that, so like crates and things like that, I just can't stomach the $13 for a box of them when mm. I can go to Hobby Lobby and I can buy like 400, um, you know, half inch by or what quarter inch by quarter inch uh, blocks and get 600 of them for like $3 and then just come home and paint them. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'm cheap when it comes to that part of it. So now, uh, let's go to a con of static terrain. Uh, you don't really get much variety of the playing area with that kind of setup. No. Um, and then, you know, it's like, what if you want to play a sci-fi, but all you have is fantasy. Right. So, that's one. I think that's probably the biggest con on that is that, you know, if you have a lot of different games that you want to play, um, either you have to have a lot of these boards built that you yep. can, you know, switch out. So you're going to need a lot of space yep. or you're just playing the same game over and over again. Yeah. So, so and Ron's agreeing with you there, too, that the storage is the biggest con for it. Um I kind of cheat because since I build the two by two boards, the very tops of my shelves right here they fit right up that, there. That's where, yeah, that's where I put them is, is right up there. So the top um, of your shelves are like their own little, world. They're, they're their own little world. They're my <laughs> vision of my twisted walls that are going to be in the basement. That's, that's world building at its finest <laughs> that's right. right there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but, but by, by the same token, now, obviously the people that are in the comments and the chat with us and that are watching, we all know you guys have the same problems we do. Okay. You play too many games. But believe it or not, there are people out there. I know this is hard to believe. And if you're watching people who do this, we're very proud of you because we just can't do it. There are people out there that play one game. They do exist. They have yeah, to. They, they have to. They, they have do. to. And so for them, it would be ideal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Or at least if you played theme. But I think the, that is the biggest con is storage particularly if you're looking at something like I'm only doing two by two. What if you go, what if you want bigger than that? What if the game you play is minimum four by four? Yeah. Yeah. That becomes, that becomes a ton. <laughs> Ron said that's urban legends. I don't believe it. <laughs> the people that only play one game. Hey, yeah, they could be out there. I just don't know. I just don't know. And Todd said he's consolidated down to just the Gundam game for now. So, hey, good for you, Todd. We're proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what other games we can suck you into. But for the moment, <laughs> we're proud of you. <laughs> so, shall we get to modular? Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk modular. Okay. I bet so, that we're going to get lots of comments on this. The biggest pro I can think of this one is your variability of the game. Mm -hmm. Um Many times with Wild West Exodus, I will show up with tubs and tubs of different buildings and rocks and all right. that kind of stuff. And I'll have, I'll make a desert board. I'll make a town. Maybe I'll make a outpost in the, you know, up in the mountains in Colorado somewhere. Yep. So it gives you a lot of variety having all these multiple pieces of terrain that you can mix and match and move them around. You know, you're kind of reusing the same features. Yeah. But I, I like modular because it's like, okay, what kind of story do I want to tell? Right. 
you know, and you can change that story as you're going. So I think we kind of trick ourselves too for that being a pro. And here's why. And then probably maybe not everybody is as guilty as this as I am. But if I have the stuff to build the boards, mm-hmm. I have boxes and boxes and boxes of the stuff. And I'm right back to the same problem that I yeah, had storage storage. So, but in truth, all that little stuff is easier to store in smaller boxes. Yeah. So you can't go wrong with battle systems. Now, I'm not the biggest fan just because of setup time, but it unpacks and stores in one box and you can build a ton of stuff. Yeah. So it it definitely has some major, major perks uh, for storage. And, and I think uh, by doing that, you know, you can develop new strategies based on whatever the terrain setup is. Uh, right. Like many times we've said that the terrain is kind of the third player at the table. <laughs> so you're not just playing against your buddy. You're kind of playing to that terrain and yeah. being able to change it up like that. And even if you're just using the same, you know, warband yep. uh, for whatever game it may be. Uh, those strategies will change just based on the setup. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Mike was saying, talking about your game mats too, because yeah, if you're doing modular Mm -hmm. game mats become really important. Um, Ron, I'm with you on this one, Ron. He said, I'll spend hundreds of hours building terrain for a single game that may only be used a handful of times. Me too. And I think that's one of the things that's kind of pushed me a little bit more towards the static stuff. Um, I will also, but now one thing that I do with my static boards that I do deliberately is I build them in such a way that I can set them out to build a larger town. So if you guys look way back in the discord, when I built my Necromunda table, I built Mm -hmm. four two by two boards, um, and they all, but they all go together. And so that helps a little bit with being able to kind of still have a little bit of modularity. Yeah, with it you can twist yeah. them and move yeah. them around a little so, bit. So that helps a little bit. But Tonio makes a good point too. A game like Pulp City or even Crisis Protocol, where you can destroy terrain. Yeah, having it glued down is not going to be a good thing because if you come over and we're playing Marvel Crisis Protocol and you have Hulk and you rip up my glued down building, I'm not going to be very happy. <laughs> I'll just so, I'll just yell Hulk smash. Yeah, Hulk smash. That might make it all better. I don't know. I don't know. Um, um so I th- think is there any other pros for that? I mean, we kind of covered a lot of them. Uh you know, the basics of a, a modular terrain. Um a con of course would be there's more terrain that you have to deal with storage yeah. and just time setup. I know a lot of times going to game days I would get there an hour early and just sit there and, right. you know, have to set up. And I, I've seen you at Adepticon with your tubs of rocks, yeah. and, you know, and, and just the cleanup too. It's like, you know, you got to figure out where they all fit in your tubs again. Right. Right. And not only that, but um, that that's setting up the table. And this is, I guess this is a pro and a con for the modulars because I enjoy setting up a table. So the the process of do, the process of doing it is just like building terrain or painting models for me. It's part of the hobby for me. But there's other people that that would be a con for. Yeah, you know what I mean. They'd be like, I just want to get the table set up. I, I don't want it to be a big deal. I don't want it to be a story. I just want to set it up. 
So I, that could that one could be a pro or a con. Yeah, and I think that's why you see a lot of companies make things that are just your flat, uh, you know, neoprene or a cardboard. Yeah, you know, big. I want to call it a big chit that may represent a forest. You know, right. Instead of having actual trees like right. what we would like to build, it's like, okay, that's good enough for me. Let's get going and play. Right, right. And there's a lot of people that are like that. I, I know that um, Unipolar Games had a really good push with the flat neoprene terrain yeah. with the War Machine crowd. Because I, I, I don't know how War Machine plays, but apparently something about the whole mechanic of it is you really didn't want all that stuff on the table uh, as far as height and stuff to be in the way so he had a huge push for that he did a lot of stuff with them made a lot of flat terrain for them specifically because of that that just doesn't do it for me yeah at all not even close i'm gonna show up and be like are we gonna set up terrain it's already now, set up oh no like that would be perfect for any of your games that are you know the airplane theme where you're just flying over the terrain yeah. so that would be fine for games yeah. like that. I actually still use that stuff because I've got a bunch of that stuff from Unipolar Games, and I use it in uh, Wings of Glory. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And Tim brings up a good point. You know, he uses a lot of that kind of terrain uh, for when he just wants a quick solo game. You know, he doesn't yeah. want to take a lot of time to set it up or tear it down. Yeah. And see, again, that's the whole... Um, that, that's the whole finding that part of it that you like, because ultimately here's the pros of modular and static terrain. Which one do you like? Yeah. That's what right. it comes down to is what, what do you, what do you right. want to use it for? Right. Because um, with, with Tim's example, if I'm playing a solo game, I'm going to do even more on my table when I set up, like I'm yeah. going to get, I have, I have a bunch of little red tea lights. That was Tyler's idea at Adepticon. I don't know if you remember that. He had the yeah. little red tea lights for the RJ 1027. Anyway, I've got those. I'll put them inside the buildings. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll adjust the lights downstairs and I'll do all kinds of stuff when I'm playing by myself so that I'm setting up this whole story. So it's what you want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, that could be like uh, one day you just you spend the, the night, afternoon, whatever, setting yeah. it up. And then yeah, the next absolutely. day you come and play in it. So, yep. And like you said, that's part of the hobby. It's how yep. how deep do you want to go? Do you want that quick game or do you want that immersive, you know, yes. feeling like you're in the jungle or you're in ancient Egypt or something? Right. Right. Oh, man. Maybe that that's what I just Mike said. Love the fact that terrain is part of your army. And that just made me think. Yeah, I think Twisted needs terrain pieces that match each faction. Like that you can bring into the game. Well, I liked I like you posted pictures on Facebook oh, and I like that idea. Discord with your uh it was inside a tomb, right? And you actually used some some oh <laughs> yeah, therapy sand. sand. You you yeah, yeah. you you made a, a, a kitty box. <laughs> oh dude, it's awesome. I love it, man. Um I because I went to actually Alan and I played on it just the other day. We played um just a, a small pickup games, like four or five models per side. And uh, it was fantastic because I've got a big wide paintbrush that I set aside for it. And you, you can just, you just push the sand around and put it wherever you want. 
and redo the board. Obviously, yeah. I built sides up on it so that the sand doesn't get everywhere. Oh, but it's so cool. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's like my favorite board now. And I don't even play the Scions, right? I don't even, I, I have them, but I don't play them. They're not my favorite faction. So Todd says uh, 40K has terrain. You can do that, buy with points. I, I think that's a really cool idea. And yeah. uh, Twisted has interactive terrain too, like exploding gas lamps and, sewer slimes, all kinds of stuff like that. So that would be a neat thing. I'm going to, well, I'm going to noodle on that. I'll probably be up late tonight now building something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So anyway, that is our take on um, static and modular terrain. It seems like every time we talk about something where there's two of them, what it really boils down to is what do you like to do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reality is it's a hobby, not a job. So yeah. Make that, it so fun. It, yeah, it really fun. is whatever you want to do. If you want to set up a four by six table of nothing but flat terrain, and that's going to make you happy, knock yourself out. Or if you want to build a whole city in your basement. Right. Yes. Coming soon. Yes. Over there. Yes. <laughs> Ron's building a bunch of terrain for don't look back. Good choice, man. Good choice. Fun game. Fun yep. game. All right. Well, I think it's my turn to take us out. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Oh, we're about to have a we're about to have a special guest. Ready? Here we go. Special guest coming in. There he is. <laughs> in the back. Golly. He's All right. Fastest 30 minutes in gaming as our wonderful friend Todd has coined the phrase for us. Um <laughs> Okay, hold on. I know I was getting we were getting ready to go. Tonio says Podcast mansion basement will be awesome. <laughs> yes, it why will. do you feed the monster like yes, that? It will feed the monster, That's feeding the, the monster. monster. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> hey, well, at least we know people are listening when we talk, right? Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been a blast. Um, you can check us out on all of your podcast channels that you can listen to stuff on iTunes, Google, iHeart, blah, blah, all those places you can check us out. Also, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. You can see stuff we're working on, stuff we're talking about, all kinds of other stuff, and pictures that I share of Tonio's awesome paint jobs. Another plug for him there. And also, but you, in order to see those ones, you got to go over to the Discord channel. That's where I shared it. Um, but check out the Discord. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. Good conversations. I'm I'm finding out stuff about games like the Gundam game I never even knew about. Yeah. So I'm finding out some cool stuff too. Dangerous, but cool. Dangerous, but cool. <laughs> um, you can also find us over on Patreon where actually we haven't posted anything over there in a long time. But we do have some stuff over there. You can check out some older videos. We also have um, If Rain in Hell is Your Game. We have a, um, actually some files over there that one a friend of the show, Seth, did and made cards for Rain in Hell. So there's some stuff over there. You can go check it out. Throw pennies at us um, if you want or quarters, uh, whichever works for you. Uh, and last but not least, the best, I think, is Redbubble. Check us out on our Redbubble store where you can get all of your Indie Invasion merchandise, which is super cool because I just got my T-shirt and my hoodie last week. You got your hat. Do you have your hoodie on or is that a different yeah, one? I do got my hoodie on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So go over and check that out. It's it's fun to kind of dig through that stuff and see what you can get a, a logo put on. Coffee cup is a must. Yep. Yep. Coffee cup is a must. So that, ladies and gentlemen, friends confidants, cool people that we like to hang out with.
Until next week, prepare yourself for the invasion. Thank you.